Welcome to the Cake and Polka Parade podcast on WFMU.org. I am your best friend, your lover, your gynecologist, your optometrist, your endocrinologist, your flatulent dog sleeping in your bed, my flappy ass against your face. I am the source of your herpes that you scratch open with regularity while you're sitting on the bus fixated on the sweaty bald patch of the man who sits in front of you. I am Fatty Jabo, master of the universe, the greatest person in the world with the biggest dick that knocks down buildings and crushes tiny creatures. Me, Fatty Jabo. Your former lover, scorned by you many years ago. But I must tell you that I am dying. My health is failing, my body falling apart. I am a sad, dilapidated shell of my former self, loosely strung together by band-aids and cheap medical supplies purchased from the dollar store. It is only in this time of my great illness that I tell you this, of how much I still love you. I am very close to death, and I need to tell you all of the wonderful thoughts of you that have crowded my mind over the years. It was only three weeks ago that I was enjoying life, thinking that I was indestructible and unbreakable. But now I realize that my comely and plump mass is as perishable as a greasy slab of pork left to rot in a to-go container in a broken refrigerator. My dear... I am very ill. My body is falling apart. Just yesterday, my colostomy bag burst, spattering me with urine and fecal matter. I had screamed and hollered for my lady servant to attend to my mess, but my nose was much too stuffy and my throat too hoarse. My impotent pleas for help went unanswered. She was busy watching the shopping channel, contemplating the purchase of some cheap silver zirconia bracelet. So I wallowed there, in the contents of my exploded colostomy bag, pondering the meaning of my apparently meaningless life. What have I done? Who am I? Why do I bother to continue? Obviously, no one cares about me, Fatty Jubbo, a worthless piece of garbage. As I inched closer to death, the mucus in my nose formed a tight bond, and I gasped for each breath and waited for death. 
I reflected on the abject beauty of the more solid pieces of my colostomy bag accident. The little pieces of corn, the slivers of chili peppers, the bushy strands of dill, the undigested vitamin pills, the tangled masses of hair, the coins that I compulsively swallow, and the twinkling shards of glass that my lady servant puts in my food. It was then I realized that everything in the universe has its own place, its own special function. And if any of these solid parts of my colostomy bag disappeared, there might be a universal cataclysm. But, unfortunately for me, I realized that my function was not very important in the grand scheme of things. I realized that my universal role was to be lying prostrate in my shit for the comic relief. Of, of people, of everyone. If I can squeeze out a little giggle or a little chuckle, make everyone's pathetic and miserable lives a little brighter, I have fulfilled my role in the universe so everything doesn't explode like my goddamn colostomy bag. When my lady servant finally arrived, she laughed and I knew I was succeeding. Finally, succeeding in life. All of those years of trying to perfect a comedy routine, jokes and gags and comedic timing, it was all for naught, useless. I have always been a talentless hack with a mediocre and derivative mind. But here, in my twilight, I have finally hit on the universal comedy and mind depths of the most hilarious joke. My lady servant tried to help me, lifting me out of my waist, but I resisted and scolded her, shouting, Get off me, woman, don't you see? This is what I was meant to do. Keep me here, amongst my filth. I still have work to do. I must write my memoirs. My life must be recorded for posterity, for humanity would not survive if my history was omitted from its annals. Get me a pen and paper, for I feel inspired. But here I am, shivering in my bed, my mattress, a cold, soggy sponge, retaining the urine of weeks of unexpected bedwettings. And I have not written a word of my memoirs because my thoughts always come back to you. The long drapes of your tanned skin on wet sand, your half-sour inner thigh, your muscular legs meticulously cleaned, my hands cupped under your bent hips, an odor wafting up from your upper lip. Do you remember that first time we met? It was during that sad chapter in my life when there occurred an unforeseen alteration of my face. Pimples sprouted into a highly organized grid across my face, expanding into an enormous percolating pustule. I looked preposterous. I had to perform my daily errands with an ultra-absorbent napkin wrapped around my head. I had to wring it out every hour to avoid the dripping staining my designer t-shirts. I was at the grocery store and I was inspecting the avocados, squeezing them for ripeness. With my ultra-absorbent napkin wrapped around my oozing head, it was often too difficult to see. 
Even if I didn't wear my unfortunate headwear, the juices from my seeping sore blurred my vision. The opaque pus would dry into a hard crust over my eyes. Maybe I was squeezing those avocados a little too hard, venting my frustration with the world and my awful situation. I gripped the avocados until they were reduced to a mush between my fingers. I was wishing that the avocado was my face, because when would this curse end? When would this pus peak pop? I started crying uncontrollably. Tears and pus saturated my ultra-absorbent head napkin beyond capacity, and the salt and cream mixture dripped onto the avocado display. And that's when I smelled your perfume. It was a sickly and pungent flowery scent that penetrated my face wrap. You were standing behind me, consoling me, telling me that everything was going to be okay. I appreciated the gesture, but at that moment, my sinuses were going through spastic convulsions from the scent of your overpowering perfume. I was attacked by a sneezing fit, and my ultra-absorbent napkin filled up with snot and flew off my head from an especially powerful sneeze. It flung itself against the avocado display with a wet splat, lubricating each avocado, causing an avocado avalanche that knocked both of us to the floor. I frantically hid my face, but I could tell that you were staring. I could feel your hot breath on the leaking head of the giant pimple that was my face. I strained to open my eyes, but the swelling and crust was thick. I was blind, helpless. But then, you kissed me. The feeling of your lips on the swollen mass of my face was intoxicating and I no longer felt I was a leper. I knew that you cared for me no matter how pathetic my appearance. Our courtship was innocent and sweet. On our first date, we got Big Macs from McDonald's and ate them in your Ford Pinto station wagon behind the 7-Eleven. Due to my condition, I had to break up my Big Mac into little pieces and shove them through the small opening in my face wrap. By the end of our meal, ketchup and lettuce shards were smeared all over my ultra-absorbent napkin. You smiled and slowly unwrapped my head and sweetly cleaned my massive face pustule with your napkin, dampened with your saliva. My heart was a flutter. My face pustule pulsated with excitement. That is when we started to make out. We were both a bit inexperienced, but we were enthusiastic. We were full of life, full of romance, our whole lives ahead of us. You were juicy, I was turgid. Your flapping posterior shelf quivered when I rubbed it with my fumbling hands. I was very surprised and aroused when a rudimentary yet highly mobile snout emerged from your backside. It had 26 to 44 teeth, although I can't remember exactly because I was in, in a state of complete ecstasy. 
I stimulated the mouth parts with my enthusiastically foraging greasy fingers. Tactile hairs emerged from the throat of the snout and they began to vibrate, creating a high-pitched, randomly modulating tone that put me in a state of confusion which caused me to pick up the remains of our McDonald's dinner and rub them in your face. Your breathing became heavy and your stomach began to balloon out. The segments of your chest fused into a massive purple vulva that was heavily armored with a labia that was rimmed with razor-sharp teeth. They flapped back and forth, trying to make contact with my face, which was precariously close due to my insatiable curiosity. Suddenly, a voice emerged and began to sing along with the randomly modulating tone from the rudimentary yet highly mobile snout that had emerged from your backside. It kind of sounded like doo-wop music. It was kind of a catchy tune. But unfortunately, before I can join in on the revelry, the entire vulva exploded and a high-pressure froth of eggs erupted from the gaping hole, spattering me in the face, agitating my face pustule. Your body was flapping all around in a car. Your head was banging against the steering wheel, hitting the horn on every fourth hit. This created a very dancey beat to the randomly modulating tone, and before we knew it, all of the neighborhood kids were gathered around the car having a dance party. They had glow sticks and were whirling around in circles. But I was a little embarrassed because my face pustule was really swelling up and there were a number of very pretty girls in attendance. Your head was still banging out the beat when the cops arrived and broke up the party. We had some really crazy times, and we had the most passionate sex. You would straddle my head, squeezing it with your thighs until a massive gush of pus squirted deep inside of you. You would slather my head and lard during our steamy lovemaking sessions to assure that the giant pimple that was my face would stay that way. You would often take a toilet plunger to my face to increase the flow of pus. One time, you became a little too aggressive in your overwhelming excitement, and my entire face exploded. You quickly straddled my decimated face and tried to capture every remaining droplet of pus. But we both knew it was over. You only loved me for my deformity. And when the oozing shell of my head cracked open to reveal my true beauty, you were no longer interested. You immediately left me for the armless burn victim that panhandled outside the Walgreens. In one of our post-breakup conversations, you callously informed me that, due to his lack of arms, his tongue had grown to be prehensile. And despite the rotten stumps of teeth that were held loosely in his blackened gums due to his inability to brush his teeth, you two spent every night inseparable, his decaying maw permanently attached to your crotch, his blubbery lips hermetically wrapped around your massive labia as his prehensile tongue flicked and probed deep inside your gooey gash. I can't deny that I was extremely happy when I heard about the accident, when your viscous discharge cemented his lips to your crotch and he subsequently died a violent death by choking on your lady leakage. 
I can't deny that I laughed when I heard you walked around for five days with him still stuck to your crotch because you lacked medical insurance for an ER visit. You eventually had to saw off his blubbery lips and throw him down a garbage chute. At least he went out a happy man, much more happy than I'm going out. Me, a miserable man, here in my bed, thinking of you and what could have been. But now, I'm going to die. Thank you. Thank you for giving me such a miserable fucking life. Me, Fatty Jebo, Cake and Polka Parade Podcast, WFMU.org. And in my sad state on my piss-soaked bed... I will attempt to pretend I'm a DJ and play some organ records here on the greatest radio station in the world, WFMU.org. Thank you. 
punk rock.